Welcome to another edition of the Base Path Podcast brought to you by New England Baseball Journal. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. We're trying something different with today's pod by getting out of the studio and out to the baseball field. Today's podcast includes a collection of interviews from the Summer Rivalry Classic at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford, Connecticut. The final scouting event for the 2023 MLB Draft prospects this summer included some of the top college and high school prospects from New England. I got a chance to talk to Yankees scout Matt Hyde, Red Sox scout Ray Fagnant, as well as Norwood High right-hander Jack Cropper to get their impressions from the game. Cropper clocked several 95-mile-an-hour fastballs at the event. Hyde and Fagnant served as coaches. Before we get to those interviews, I want to introduce someone who will be a regular co-host on the podcast. Most of you know the name Matt Feld from his work with the Boston Herald and the New England Nor'easters. You may have seen his byline on a couple of stories for New England Baseball Journal. He's going to be a regular contributor on the podcast and on the website. Matt, we're excited to have you aboard. Really excited to, to be a part of this. Already a great, of course, uh, outlet for, for New England baseball throughout, both from a high school collegiate travel baseball standpoint, and I'm really excited to, to be helping you guys all out. Yeah, we're excited. I wanted We actually talked about making this happen right at the end of the high school baseball season, uh, but you got crazy busy this summer with the Nor'easters. What's the summer been like for you? Yeah, it's definitely been a lot for us. You know, we've over 800 players in our organization, and that starts from, from 9U all the way up through 17U. And, and the summer is largely focused, of course, on our older age players, our 15U-plus players. And we're fortunate to have a lot of talented players and also high-character kids, so they're recruitable kids across the board. And so the summer is, of course, focused on making sure that they're getting exposed and getting seen by the right coaches at the right time. Yeah, just following your Twitter, you had some funny observations from, it seemed like you were on the road, you know, for a couple of months. Uh, what was that like? Where did you travel? And what was it like to kind of follow, you know, ba- high school baseball players around? Yeah, I kind of had a, a 10 day uh, crammed in period where I was in upstate New York, Albany, Saratoga area, Atlanta and uh, and Philadelphia all in, within about 11 days. Uh, so it was certainly a lot driving around and flying around down in Atlanta for the WWBA 16U New England Championship. You're talking about 358 teams, I think, this year altogether in the tournament. And you can see some some really high-level baseball. One of the games that I was down there, our program played a team from Dallas, Texas. Uh, very, very high level. Just just different physical and athleticism. And the, the, we could go on and on about the talent here in New England, of course. But to be able to see players from different parts of the country who maybe play the game a different way or have different sort of assets and, and benefits to their game as opposed to maybe players up here and, and negatives as well, to, to kind of see the way that those teams philosophically approach the game is is really, really interesting. And, and you get to know a lot of college coaches on the road as, as well. Again, not just those players watching players from our, no, those coaches uh, watching players from our program, but also watching players from other programs as well. So you see coaches from the Northeast, the Southeast. You'll see Ivy League coaches in Atlanta. You'll see coach Georgetown, Virginia, Vanderbilt. Doesn't really matter. You can go all over the place. Pepperdine, uh, and so that's a really interesting and cool aspect of it as well. Just getting to know so many college coaches who are after different types of players. Yeah, it's amazing. I was talking about Jack Cropper throwing ninety five at the Summer Rivalry Classic. And you'll see Perfect Game just tweeting out all day. And it's a volume of kids that are in the high 90s at the high school level. You know, for New England, I feel like there's one or two that'll go up there every year, like Thomas White's coming up in this upcoming draft and Alex Clemmy. They're both pro prospects, but some of these other states are just pumping out high 90s guys all weekend at these events. It's crazy. And it's, this, it's also the sum, uh, in a lot of cases, it's also the strength and the physical size of a lot of kids as well. The team I coach, 16U team I coach this summer, we played a team from Bronx, New York, which is not that far away. But, of course, still a, a city, you know, as part of New York, obviously, and, and a community that's been taking a lot of pride in its baseball over the years. 
And we've third baseman was about 6'6", 245, and he was going to Michigan uh, to, to pitch at Michigan, but he was an all-state hitter. He had about 475 last year with 20 home runs in New York. I mean, it's just a totally different game. Shortstop's going to Wake Forest. The catcher was going to Stetson. And you're overmatched from our standpoint uh, in that sort of particular game, but it's also incredible to watch what it takes to play at that high level. I think right now you have a lot of players who think that they're the next Jack Cropper or the next uh, kid who's going to Michigan or Wake Forest or NC State. And it's like, well, why don't you take a look at what those players actually are? And so I think it's a great educational tool as well for a lot of players who are trying to get to that level. Yeah, that was a fun part about the Summer Rivalry Classic is there is a bit of a measuring stick there because they're playing college guys, you know, so it's high school players, but they're, you know, up against Matt Shaw, who had a, you know, Cape League MVP season, Ryan Lasko, who's, you know, going to probably go in the first couple rounds next year from Rutgers. And it makes it uh, the barometer a little bit more clear when you're saying, okay, you know, this this high school prospect came up a guy uh, against a guy throwing 95 and, you know, he wasn't able to square anything up. Whereas like Javar Williams came in last week, he was going up against uh, James Rate from the Kid King School. And he's just getting, you know, a steady diet at 93 mile an hour fastballs. And then he roped one off the wall and you're like, wow, all right. You know, this kid, he's going to wake for us. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a great, again, we talk about kind of the barometer and being around players who are like-minded like you, you know, we are fortunate in our program in Nor'easters where we have player, you know, Ray Velasquez going to Vanderbilt, Evan Blanco, who's on his way or is at UVA now, you know, for players in our program that say they want to go to UVA, I say, okay, you want to go to UVA, go watch Evan Blanco pitch. He throws 94 from the left side with a slider. So I'm not saying you can't get there, but that's what it takes. So you're 82 with an average slider. It's not quite what the school like that is looking for. And that's not to be mean in any respect. It's because you need to be honest with kids when it comes to expectations. And kids like Jack Cropper, who are going to have a chance to play professional baseball in those settings in the Summer Rivalry Classic, those players are on their way to getting there. And that's what's so great about those settings is, like you said, no one's usually overmatched. Everyone's usually able to handle themselves. And particularly when you talk about someone like Williams, their athleticism is is just off the charts. Yeah, he's something else. Um, we combined on the Summer Risers series uh, where we were just trying to kind of highlight some guys that had standout summers that either, you know, may have been uncommitted and then kind of all of a sudden, you know, they're getting offers or even, you know, some committed guys who all of a sudden they're maybe pro prospects. Who were some guys that really stood out to you this summer? Davis Kahn, who plays uh, for Matt Duffy Baseball, first baseman pitcher. He's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and I think he actually might be bigger than what he's listed out on programs. Just a gigantic human being who's also strong, but is also able to really control the size of his body really well. He moves really well, both at first base and on the mound. He can hit the ball for power, and he's got a really good three-pitch mix with his curveball and changeup. He really impressed me when I saw him play. Gabriel Mallory, who plays for the Gators, and is going to Dexter Southfield, transferring and reclassifying from Catholic Memorial. Third baseman, shortstop, pitcher, freakishly athletic and strong, can really hit the ball hard to right center field, hits spin pretty well. I think he's probably a third baseman down the line if he decides to stay positionally. I just think his footwork and his and his overall arm strength is probably better for third base, but really someone I think who's going to explode from a recruiting standpoint the next couple of months. Yeah, you mentioned these guys that are six eight, you know, six seven <laughs> prospects. It's funny. I was at the uh, when I was in Hartford last week at the Summer Rivalry Classic. Uh, starting pitcher for the Red Sox, which was coached by Ray Fagnan, who we'll hear from shortly. He uh, was six foot eight, Maverick Rizzi uh, from Worcester Academy, and his the first guy in uh, as a relief pitcher for him was Hagen Ward from Saint Sebastian. Yep. Also six eight. <laughs> so I didn't even notice that they changed pitchers. I'm like, man, this guy's going to go three innings in a in a showcase event. And then I was like, wait, they they switched uh, after two innings. So. It was a fun game to experience. Um, We'll go to some of those interviews now. We're going to start off with New York Yankee scout Matt Hyde, who talked about 
how this day came about, you know, why college and high school prospects are uh, scrimmaging each other in this event, and Kelly Rodman, who was a scout with the club who this game is in memory of. We're here at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford for the 14th annual Summer Rivalry Classic, the Kelly Rodman Summer Rivalry Classic, and I'm here with Yankees scout Matt Hyde. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Dan, this is awesome, and what a great day. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I guess for our audience that might not be familiar with the game, first, how do you select the players for the game, or how did these players end up playing in this game? Well, it's a mix of college and high school players from the Northeast who have distinguished themselves through summer baseball or through area codes and East Coast Pro. Some guys that we might have wanted to get another look at. Um, and it's always a, kind of a crazy time of the summer, the end. Kids are going back to school, so we're not always quite sure exactly who we're going to get. But it's always such a productive day for scouting to see some guys that maybe we want to get another look at or for some it's a first look at. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of guys um, have kind of been with you throughout the summer with the area code games. Like you said, there was an event at Fenway the day of the Cape League tryout. So a lot of these guys have kind of had a long summer. Is this going to be it, do you think, until the fall season? Yeah, I would say so. There's a bunch of them that are going to continue on and play in Jupiter and do some other tournaments and that sort of thing. Some are going to play fall baseball for their colleges, so we'll get some extra looks. Uh, who were some of the guys that kind of stood out to you, or maybe not even just today, or over th- throughout the course of the summer? Well, I mean, you take this game today, I think. Um, you know, the fact that we had Matt Shaw and Ryan Lasco, who both are fairly prominent names in the Northeast, playing this, I think it speaks to their love of the game and their love of competing. And, you know, it seems to me, Dan, that it's very easy for players this Uh, these days to duck out of opportunities to compete and the fact that they were here especially Matt Shaw who's a Cape League MVP um, to do this I I think it speaks volumes um, to his love for the game and that's kind of what we're trying to find out a little bit and um, you know those guys stood out and some of the high school kids who didn't have to be here who'd put their name on the map so to speak uh, with good summers going to PDP stuff and USA Baseball stuff um, to actually come out here and, and throw a couple innings, it says a lot about their love for the game. And that's the essence of um, kind of Kelly Rodman's legacy, which was um, really finding out about players and what makes them tick. And that's what she did exceptionally well, and I think that's what we have the opportunity to do by being in the dugout with them in a game like this, is we can find out kind of the layers behind the player and um, the heartbeat behind the statistics and find out what they're really all about. And not always when they're successful, but maybe a, a day where they're struggling early, then they come back and have good at-bats at the end, um, you know, really shows a lot about them. Yeah, I should ask you about Kelly Rodman, the namesake of this uh, whole day. It's kind of the reason that you're having the Summer Rivalry Classic. She was a scout with the Yankees. What can you tell us about her? She was the best. She was a difference maker. She was a person who left an incredible legacy, and we never forget her. And her saying of be great today, for her, her, her memory lives on. And I think that's such a cool thing because, uh, you know, games are named after people and things are done after people. But, I mean, honestly, uh, we all felt Kelly Rodman today. We felt that she was here, and I think that's really neat. You know, that leaves an incredible legacy that we're all very proud of. 
Yeah, and uh, it is. I I always give you credit because it's not every region of the country where the scouts put on these types of events and get a chance to see the players. A lot of places, the scouts will go to the players and see them at their high school or travel ball teams. But to actually host it and you know have all the other scouts get a chance to see it, that it really is good for Northeast baseball. Uh, some of those high school guys that you mentioned had some high velo numbers today. I saw Jack Cropper hit 95 a couple of times on the radar gun in center field. Uh, James Raitt, who was closed the game out here, he was 93 a few times. And even Boston Flannery was in the 90s. What did those guys show you this summer? They're bigger, stronger, faster. They throw harder. They hit balls farther. They run better. Um, they have more training opportunities. And the future of the game is really, really bright. And I think um, doing events like this, you really get to see it firsthand, which is so much fun to see the guys before everybody else knows who they are. Yeah. I know last summer you mentioned you scouted every single player in the Cape, and I know that the summer is the craziest time of year where you're bouncing here, there, and everywhere. Uh, does it slow down now for you, or what, what will September look like? So we, we go right into fall scout days and fall scrimmages, um, opportunities to, to build more history with some of the college guys in particular. Jupiter will be going on for the high school players. Um, it never really ends. I, I think the thing that I've really tried to take advantage of recently is going to scrimmages more um, and actually watching kids play as much as I can. It seems like a lot of the colleges are playing other colleges in the fall, maybe more than they used to. So it, it, we have the best weather in the country now for the next couple of months, and uh, we're definitely going to take advantage of it. Yeah, and uh, that work that you did last fall probably paid dividends heading into this year's draft. You ended up with two guys from Northeastern that I know. Uh, I talked to Mike Lavin. He was on a podcast recently, and he said you were the, the one scout at their first practice last year seeing those guys work out. So a lot of that stuff, you know, when you get in tight with these organizations and these schools, it really pays off. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast, and uh, it's been a pleasure to be here again today for the Summer Rivalry Classic. Oh, well, thank you, Dan, and thanks for all you're doing with the New England Baseball Journal. It's great to have that promotion of the game in the Northeast. This is such a great area for baseball, and thank you for all you do. You heard uh, Matt Hyde on that mention a few times the event in Jupiter. What event is that? Yeah, it's the Perfect Game World Championship that takes place down at Roger Dean, Stani- Roger Dean Stadium down in Jupiter in Florida. It takes place right around usually Columbus Day weekend every year. It's a, it's a high-level event. We're talking about the best high school players in the country that participate uh, down there every single fall. You're talking about kids who, A, still want to be playing baseball in the fall and B, kids that are already committed and potentially looking at getting drafted. You'll go to a field and see kids. Third baseman's going to Arkansas. Second baseman's going to Tennessee. Pitcher's going to Wake Forest. It's a, it's a loaded event, and professional scouts are, are all over the place. Yeah, you wonder, like, so what, what would a multi-sport athlete do? They're not going to go in the middle of their football season, would they? I guess I think that would probably only pertain to kids that are on the verge of getting drafted out of high school. I think if you're probably on the verge of getting drafted out of high school, I have a chance to do so. I think that's probably, of course, an individual choice. My guess is they'd probably honestly go. I mean, it's really that high much high level of an event. We're talking about amateur scouts, area scouts. Ray Fagnett from the Red Sox does the Red Sox scout team down there. Uh, you know, so so you're talking about teams and, and players and coaches down there that if you want to get to the next level and have a chance to get to the next level, you're probably playing in the event in some capacity. Yeah, and we heard in that one, we'll hear from Ray in a minute, Ray Fagnan, who you just mentioned. Uh, we heard in that um, Matt was really paying respects to Kelly Rodman, who was a, just a, so everybody's aware, she was one of only three female major league scouts at the time of her death in 2020. She started as a, as a Northeast amateur scout for the Yankees in 2017 and was the only female on the draft floor at the 2019 MLB draft. 
She died after a battle with cancer at the age of 44, but you could really feel while you were there. This was an event for scouts. You know, there was 70, 80 scouts and the fans. They were all, um, you know, they the, the events put on by scouts, Ray and Matt, and then there were plenty of scouts in the dugout. So it was a good opportunity for that whole community to come together, uh, which was exciting to see. Next, we will get to the interview with Ray Fagnett. You, re- you uh, just mentioned Ray. He's a Boston Red Sox scout, and he spoke about his impressions of some of the players that played in the game. Ray, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. It's a great day. Glad you could be a part of it. Yeah, it was fun to see all the – and we got a chance to see everyone. You know, went 12 innings, so we got all the pitchers on the mound. Everybody got a chance to bat. What were your biggest impressions of the day? That – it's always a great day, and we're honoring Kelly. A great turnout from the scouting community. You know, there's 70, 80 scouts here. But what, my biggest impression is we got kids here that wanted to be here. Everybody wanted to be here. Jake Hyde, for instance, he drove home. He drove like six hours overnight from from, George, from uh, Georgetown to be here. And his coach called me yesterday, and he said, we'll do everything we can to get him there. He wants to be a part of it. But it's just such a great event. we got the young and the old. You know, yesterday at that workout at UConn, we had a couple younger kids. And, you know, my son James was there who just came off a really good PBR Futures game and a good area codes. And I said, hey, go out to shortstop with Matt Shaw, the MVP of the Cape Cod League. Let's see you go out there and compete and see how well you do. And he just had fun. We had younger kids there. And the fact that we had Ryan Hannigan, you know, 10, 11 years in the big leagues and Lou Merloni here, like just they were dying to be a part of this. And it's great. And uh, Todd Frazier was going to be with us, but he, you know, he sent his regrets the other night. He had to go to Williamsport. I guess that took priority. He had to go to Williamsport. But we got guys like that that want to be part of this event. And it's always a great day. It's just a, at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it makes it so special when you get the Cape League MVP out here. And it's, he seemed to be giving a lot of feedback to guys and trying to help players. He seems like a really good leader to have on the roster. What does that do for the high school guys to, when they get a chance to play with guys who you know, may have gone on and won Cape League MVP honors? I'm glad you mentioned that specifically because when we assembled at home plate after the game, I said specifically, hey, Matt Shaw, first of all, Cape League MVP, Cape League batting champion, that's great. And we're glad you could be here. And I said, the first couple ABs, he punched out. First thing he did was come back to the dugout, and he's talking the on-deck hitter, talking about what the pitcher had. But he made guys better. And I said, you know, I've seen you go out and hit two home runs, go four for five, but w- what you did today speaks volumes. It says so much more than anything else. We get such a feel for these kids, again, being out here and wanting to compete and knowing that a lot of them hadn't played in three, four weeks. And a lot of them hadn't pitched competitively in three, four weeks, but they wanted to come out here because they know how great an event it is. And at the end of the day, it's fun. Like I said, when we assembled yesterday at UConn, I said I got you know one rule, have as much fun as we do. And I think these kids really did. Uh, it's so it's so interesting to see all these high school kids get on the mound now and throwing ninety plus. You know, you started a guy uh, Maverick Rizzi. He's a twenty four from Worcester Academy. What went into your decision to give him the start today? Part of it is he, the irony is the high school kids are typically more prepared because they're just coming off the area codes. So I knew he gives two innings, but I know that he would not be intimidated. Nobody would be intimidated, and they all know, like, this is all good. Like we tell these kids, you punch out four times, nobody cares. You made, the, you made the decision and commitment to come out here and compete, but like Maverick specifically, we knew he had just thrown, so we were confident that he could give us two innings, and I told him, if we have a deep inning, if you go 20, 22 pitches, we'll just roll the inning, and we'll, we'll, we'll run you out there again. But, you know, obviously these kids' safety is paramount, and we're just, we know that they're prepared, and we take care of them when they're out here, and they embrace it and have fun. 
Yeah, there was some we weird situational stuff throughout the game. I think in the last inning, he uh, loaded the bases a couple of times just to see, kind of put players in position, it looks like, and see how they react. Um, is it difficult to keep guys focused or dialed in or uh, motivated to win when you're doing things like that? Not really, because it kind of adds to the fun and kind of the history of that going back a couple of years. I let Maddie do the lineups and do the rosters, and he stalked his Yankee team. It was absurd, you know, the talent that he had. So he was beating us pretty badly. And so during the middle of the game, is I called up to the press box, and I said, hey, just throw a four in the fifth inning. Okay, make it a little closer. And then, you know, we get to the ninth inning, and somebody pops up, makes an out. I send Billy aside a lot there to pinch run, you know, and I just put runners on the bases. And, uh, you know, the pitcher on the mound at that point, Maddie went out to the mound and said, hey, where are all these runners coming from? <laughs> yeah, but it's just to have a little bit of fun. But organically, I want to say like in 14 to 15 games, it's come down to the last, you know, the winning or tying run at the plate. The first year we ever had it, it was a one-run game, bases loaded, and ironically, Mike Yastrzemski made the last out popping up. But I said, like I said, organically, it's typically come down to the last ups, if you will. And he kind of forced them out a little bit, just out of nowhere, just running runners out there. But I just told, I told the pitcher, I said, hey, you, gotta, you came out with a five-run lead. Now you got a save situation. And we got the winning run at the plate. And I said, coincidentally, you know, it, was, it just happened to be Lasko's spot in the order, you know. But it's all fun. And we, like I said, you can tell we have a lot of fun, but it's just so productive for these scouts and everybody. And then last question for you. I know Matt, I talked to Matt Hyde, and he was saying, this is, kind of marks the end of the summer scouting season. Now you get into fall workout days, and, you know, once the colleges come back, it's, it's a little bit more uh, – after a long season of area code games and East Coast Pro Showcase and, you know, other scouting events from the summer, what are your biggest takeaways now for this class of 2023 heading into the next year's draft? Well, that's exactly it. This kind of puts a cap on it. We finish up all the events, and this is kind of like, I'll say, like the last fun day we have. And it's all—it's always fun, but this kind of this is a culmination, and you know we'll have some scout days going forward. But gives me a little bit of time to get you know, time to get caught up on our follows and uh, a lot of admin stuff for the next you know next couple of weeks till the scout days start. But ironically, somebody mentioned, "Hey, uh, Lakewood's coming in Hudson Valley next week," and I thought, "Wow, I don't have any scouting stuff next week. I got some free days. I might go to see Hudson Valley, go see Lakeland, Lakewood." You know, so I'm thinking, "Well, the one or two days off we have, I'm going to go see a baseball game." But it's just the, in terms specifically the class of 23, there, you know, there's every year, you know, there's always somebody, you know, some, like two years ago was just an epic year. That's once in a generation talent we had, but there's somebody always, the cream always rises to the top. Guaranteed there's going to be some pop-ups next spring that we don't even know about yet, but it's just, uh, we do, we, we do a lot during the winter, you know, having workouts and seeing these kids. So there's really no off season ever. It's just the calendar changes, I guess, but it's just we, we like to try and stay as involved as we can. You know, when we have resources like Ryan Hannigan, Lou Merloni, and, you know, Steve Lomazny, and Chad Epperson, and Rich Gedman, guys like that that love to be involved, love to be a part of what we do. Chris Colabello, it's just such a great resource to be able to say, hey, let's, hey, let's go hit with these big leaguers who are probably going to have more fun than we do. You know, but it's, uh, we've got great baseball people in the Northeast that love to make kids better and just get together hitting the tunnel, you know, and just talk baseball and just have fun with it and get better. So that's it, it, there's no real off season. There's just a little, little bit less pressure now for the next five, six months where we can go out, work kids out, and have some fun. Well, Ray, thank you so much for including us in the day. It's always great talking baseball with you. And uh, enjoy, now that it's starting to slow down, enjoy your next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And thanks for being a part of this. You guys are such a great voice for amateur baseball in New England, and we really appreciate it.
the Base Path Podcast. We'll be back after these messages. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball? New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to BaseballJournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, Division One, Two, and Three colleges, showcases, rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to BaseballJournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. This fall, Quincy College in Quincy, Massachusetts drops the puck on its first ever hockey season in the City of Presidents, just 10 minutes from Boston. The Granite, as they're known, will play in the CHF Collegiate Hockey Federation against Babson, Mass Maritime, Nichols, Sacred Heart, and D3 programs at UNH and Farmingdale State in New York. The Quincy College Granite will be well coached. Kyle Robertson has been coaching regional junior teams for 20 years, and over 100 of his players have gone on to NCAA programs. Kyle's assistant is Matt Gibbs who's been coaching at North Quincy High for 12 years and won three titles there. Three years ago, he was the MIAA Coach of the Year. And as far as the educational part, Quincy College has a lot to offer. 37 different two-year degrees, and it's super affordable. There's even a new four-year business management degree that costs much less than other four-year schools. Want to make some history in a first-year hockey program? Now's your chance. Get more info at quincycollege.edu forward slash hockey. Yeah, you could really hear how how grateful Ray was to get some of these guys out, you know, both former major league players as well as, you know, the guys that he invited to this game. It seems like, uh, you know, for a guy who was going to have a say in the draft room, he's a good guy to keep happy if you if you want a future with the Boston Red Sox. It's interesting, too, because I think these games, these opportunities for guys like Ray Fagnett, Matt Hyde, they're almost like a return to youth almost, a return to coaching where you can actually hang out with the same players that you're probably evaluating. I mean, on a regular basis, these guys are out on the road, nonstop, sleeping in hotels, consistently to show up to high school, college baseball fields and evaluate kids. This gives them an opportunity to actually interact with these players and hang out with these players and see what it's like to be back in the dugout again a couple times a year. So I'm sure it's really enjoyable for them. And, you know, on the one hand, they're working because they get to evaluate and also see how these kids are from a character standpoint and a teammate standpoint. But they're also just able to hang out and also enjoy what it's like to be at the baseball field every day. So I'm sure it's rather refreshing for both of them. It was funny. There was a point in the game. uh, I don't remember who the pitcher was, but he was kind of struggling in the middle of an inning. And Jim Bretz, who's a Detroit Tigers scout, came out to the mound 
And he's talking to him. I'm like, what could he possibly saying? He doesn't even know who this kid is. Like, what kind of pitches he has in his arsenal or, like, what's going to calm him down? But then you're like, yeah, it's probably the one time a year he really gets, uh, you know, there's a couple of these events over the summer. But the one time he's really going to get out to the mound and be a coach, be a, be a manager in this situation. So that is cool. The other thing that I took from Ray's thing, uh, he really credited Jake Hyde, you know, yep. from uh, Georgetown for coming back up, driving six hours to get in this game. And I, I remember when he was saying it, sitting in the dugout with him, I was like, you know, if he's got a pick, if the Red Sox have a pick like 19th, 20th round and Jake's still on the board, Ray might remember, hey, this kid drove six hours to come up to a game. He loves baseball. He's going to work. You know, he's a good guy to have in the organization. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think teams pay a lot of attention to. There was always a lot made when George Springer was drafted. George Springer, when he was at UConn and then, of course, played for the Wareham Gateman on the Cape League. George would drive back to UConn first thing in the morning, take his summer classes, then drive back to Wareham and play the Cape League game that night, and then again, sleep on the Cape, drive back to UConn, and a lot was made out of it. I don't think there's any question that teams look at that when they're deciding between a couple of players to have in their organization. You remember those bright spots uh, that made you kind of endear yourself to a certain kid. Yeah, uh, last year, Sebastian Keene from Northeastern came back to this game. He did hit his inning count for the year, but he sat in the dugout, and I remember afterwards Matt Hyde commenting about that, like, oh, did you see Sebastian Keen here? He ended up taking him this year in the 18th round after he kind of slipped after a disappointing junior year. But, you know, they remember those things. That's, that's fun stuff. Uh, our last interview here is with Jack Cropper from Norwood High School. He played for the Yankee Scout team, and he's one of the top 2023 high school pro- prospects, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. When you look at his fastball velocity uh, coupled with his breaking ball um, and his changeup that he's really developed this summer, he's going to be now just one of the best arms to watch in Massachusetts next spring, but he's going to be in a lot of people's draft boards. Reminds me a lot of Dennis Colloran, who of course was at North Attleboro and then ended up playing at Northeastern. He was at everyone's draft boards as well as high school spring senior year. That's right. Yeah, except I think he w- the education piece was really important to him, Huge. so he ended up going to Northeastern. But here's the interview with Norwood High School's Jack Cropper. Jack, what was it like putting on the Yankees uniform today? You know, it, it's it's great. I mean, from being from Massachusetts, I'm always always rooting for the Red Sox, but putting on a Yankees uniform with a bunch of best best kids in the Northeast is just great being here. Yeah, it looked like you had the high velocity today, from what I could tell. Um, just on the radar gun in center field, you hit 95. What's the summer been like for you, where you're hitting those uh, 90s, you know, mid 90s velocity in some of these bigger tournaments? Uh, I mean, hit, pop, popping a number is uh, it's it's always fun to do, but I usually I usually just try to uh, I'm trying to compete out on the mound and um, v, if, uh, velo comes and goes, but it's been up for me so far. So hope hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, take me through your summer because it sounds like uh, I know you went to the Area Code Games and you went to the East Coast Pro Showcase. What were those different tournaments like? Um, the Area Code was Area Code was a great experience. Um, it was a bunch of kids from the best players in the country. It was just really fun pitching against all of them. They're they're all studs. They're great competing out there. The East Coast East Coast Pro Showcase, same thing. A uh, bunch of kids from all all over down in the Northeast. All they all compete every single every game, and just you just got to win when you're out there. Gotta keep winning. And what's the experience like seeing so many more scouts behind the dug, or behind the backstop? I mean, even at this event today, you see all the radar guns. Do you feel that extra pressure? Uh, you know, you feel it sometimes, but I try to try to draw them out of the, the picture and just focus on the glove. Yeah. And now I know you're committed to Northeastern. What was your decision process like for that? How did you decide? Uh, I, li- I like the coaches. They're very welcoming. Uh, it's not that not too far from my from my house, so I like I like that. Um, 
the campus was really nice. Just everything in general, was, I felt, was really a good fit for me. Yeah, and you pitched two scoreless this uh, this afternoon. What's the rest of your summer going to look like? Are you or have you hit your innings count, or, or do you have any other tournaments ahead? Uh, I'm right now. I'm pretty much done until I might be pitching in uh, October, but that's uh, that's, I'm going to be pitching in Jupiter, but that's about it. Oh, okay, and is that with uh, G- you're with GBG Northeast Hawks, or uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play for the the Red Sox scout team. Oh, okay, and. Um, as you go look into your senior year of high school, what are your main goals here in the in the last nine months before graduation? Uh, you know, get keep getting better. You know, get stronger in the gym. Hopefully, that can translate to the field. Get the try try and get the command up. Get a little better with that, and uh, hopefully, just get it overall better. Sounds good. Well, Jack, thanks so much for taking the time, and uh, good luck with your senior year. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks to Matt Hyde, Ray Fagnan, and Jack Cropper for sitting down with us at the Summer Rivalry Classic for the Base Path Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to the Base Path Podcast on your preferred platform. Thanks to Matt Feld for making his debut as co-host, and thanks also to our producer, Steve Safran. The Base Path Podcast is a Siemens Media production.